Good morning. Good morning. Glad you're here today. Paris was letting me practice a little of my terrible Spanish on him. <laughs> it's tough. I feel bad for people who have to learn English. It's such a difficult language. I'm glad I, you know, I'm barely monolingual, but, you know, it's <laughs> be bilingual. Oh, well, I'm Dave Ralph, one of the pastor elders here at Lakeside. Really glad to see you this morning. And uh, you could have done a lot of different things today. Do, you know, you could be out doing all kinds of things on a beautiful summer uh, Sunday morning, but I'm glad you're here. And, and I pray that you're, uh, you know, you're willing to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to each of us this morning. So this is the third week of our Pinch Hitters series in which uh, we're having all different guest speakers. I'm, I'm not really a guest, but we have all different individual speakers uh, as we um, take a break from our normal series uh, cadence, which is normally led by our teaching team. Uh, and it was great to hear last, a couple weeks ago, from Isaac Tewinski, someone else who grew up in our church. And it was uh, really encouraging to hear from Isaac. And then last week, hear from Raju Kunjaman, whose family was here for many years, and they're certainly still part of the Lakeside family in our hearts. And, uh, well, I have to apologize now because, uh, you know, it's a preaching free fall from Raju to me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I told him last week, hey, man, you know, keep it on the down low. They got me next week, you know. But I'm confident the Holy Spirit really uh, will have a message for each of us this morning. And I know you're not here by accident or by happenstance. So uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I want to say right off that um, I'm there with you. Right? I don't preach these things up here because I think y'all need it and I don't. Right? We're in this together. Right? So I try to use pronouns like us and we because I need this as much as anybody. And today we're going to talk about some daily living practical stuff. You know, we're going to be going in different places in the Bible to see what God has to say to us. Um, you know, more like feet on the ground, blocking and tackling, grassroots, basics, you know, whatever word you want to use. Uh, and the thing about basics is that we may have heard them many times. We may have never heard them before. I don't know where everybody is. Um, and the other thing about basics is that we need to be continually reminded of them so we continue to practice them. Uh, the first techniques in music. Right here, are used throughout a person's musical life, right? Uh, the first moves in martial arts are, are practiced and mastered and built upon, and they're always used. Uh, the first drills in learning to play baseball, right, are, are used again and again, so that is a normal, habitual part of a player's skills. Uh, and to go along with our pinch hitters theme, the overriding theme this morning is we have a teammate. We have a partner in this Christian walk, and that partner is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we don't have to do it on our own strength as much as we would like to or tend to. Um, he guides us, strengthens us as we learn these skills, even as we practice them over and over until they're a normal part of our Christian lives and our experience. The Holy Spirit of God helps, coaches, encourages, and pokes us when we need it. Um, God knew we were going to need some help in this life, right? So let's look at John 14, 15 to 17. Jesus is talking with his disciples in the upper room during the Last Supper. And he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper 
to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And that helper is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit is with us forever and lives inside us. I'm not smart enough to know how that works, you know, but I know he lives and moves in my life. Uh, another explanation, I think, of that, that word translated as helper in the ESV can be translated also called alongside to assist. And I, uh, I make that movement like, you know, someone's pulling up alongside you to assist. And as believers, we walk the Christian life and Holy Spirit gets the assist. And so just like music or martial arts or baseball, there are many areas of basics we could practice, you know, we practice in the Christian life. But we're just going to focus on three little things this morning. Our spiritual disciplines, our attitudes and behavior, and sharing the love of Jesus. And lacing these all together is the overarching idea that we work in the power of the Holy Spirit and that he is our teammate in this daily walk. You know when you're working out or running? I know that's not me. <laughs> it's better to do it with somebody else, right? You know, I usually work out on my own, and, and sometimes it's hard to stay motivated, right? You know, sometimes I try to really listen to really upbeat worship music, like David Crowder or Elevation Worship or my favorite, Ren Collective. And then uh, when I run, a few times I run, I look forward to listening to an audio book. This is the way I do it. You know, right now I'm listening to a series of university lectures on pre-revolutionary America. I know, it gets my blood pumping too. <laughs> uh, but I think most people feel like they get better results if they have a workout or a running buddy, right? They, they urge us on, they challenge us, encourage us, and that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. God sent the Holy Spirit to come alongside us so we don't have to do this all on our own. Perhaps you're thinking to yourself inside your head, which is where I do most of my thinking. Uh, dude, you're, you're, you're killing me. This is so basic. So, brother or sister, if you got all this down perfect, you're going to have an easy morning, right? On the other hand, if you are imperfect, I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you about something this morning even if it's pointing out your pride and thinking you have this all down pat. <laughs> the message is about every believer taking a proactive, purposeful, and positive approach to moving closer to Jesus this morning, no matter from where you're starting. Okay, point one. We need to understand and practice spiritual disciplines such as prayer, Bible study, sharing the gospel, helping those in need, Etc. These are all part of our grow sector in our life at Lakeside model. And as, as youngsters, discipline is usually painful. You know, when we're older, it's discipline that's required for us to be at our best. We have to learn that lesson. My son and I trained in martial arts together for 10 years, and he has since gone on as now a professional martial arts instructor. Uh, when we attained our first black belt, uh, we had to tell the instructor something about something we had learned. I told him that some people reach black belt, and they think they're all done. They've accomplished something, and they quit, which is fine. People can do that. 
But I said, reaching black belt, now I understand I know how to learn. I've only got to this part just so now I can figure out what's going on. So in all the things that I had learned as a white belt, yellow belt, all that going up, um, built upon each other so I could get better and better and understand more and more. But even as we advanced, we always had to review the basics. We always had to return to those building blocks. And now sometimes it's it, up here. We, I think we do this fairly consistently with our speakers. It may sound like boasting when one of the speakers talks about how they pray or, or study the word or um, share the gospel or read books by dead guys. <laughs> you know? But it's not meant to be like that. It's meant to give you examples of something that's working in our lives, and we want to share that so it might be able to help someone else. So real quick, let's look at three disciplines, just three of them this morning, prayer, giving, and Bible study. Uh, people have preached far more eloquent and uh, elegant sermons on prayer than you're going to hear today. But I'm just going to share one of my favorite verses, Romans 8.26, which reads, uh, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We even kind of sang about that this morning. Sometimes when we're learning, we don't even know what or how to pray. You ever feel like that? But, but here it says the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Is that not so cool? Uh, sometimes, sometimes we're so burdened with something or someone, you just don't know how to pray. I don't, you throw up your hand and say, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit is there with us, praying with us, praying in our place. And God wants us to be disciplined within our spending time with him, with bear, our bearing our hearts to him. Don't just wait to get to church on Sunday and listen to the people up here pray or don't just let the person in your life who's most spiritual pray, you know. God wants time every day with us, and he provides the Holy Spirit to help. But we need to make the time. We need to make that a priority. We need to add that discipline to our lives. And I think I've shared with uh, you before this uh, item, but uh, in the olden days, when I used to drive to work, <laughs> every day they expected you to be there. I was crazy, you know. I would take that drive time to pray, right? I would divide my prayer list into five and pray through that on my drive time throughout the week. Now I don't drive to work, and I don't even own a car for that matter. <laughs> you know, I'd, I get to borrow my wife's car if I have to go anywhere. But um, I had to put a reminder in my phone about the time I would have been driving to work, and that lets me know it's time to pray. You know, figure out what works for you and do that. Let's just not hear about it. Let's do that. Secondly, so another discipline is giving. I'll tell you what, this is a giving body of believers. Amen? We don't have any debt. Praise the Lord. God has blessed us. And during the pandemic, our giving per person actually went up. You know, that's a God thing right there. But here's a verse that I like to... Uh, um, look at when I'm talking about this discipline. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each one of us 
Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We don't require anyone to give, right? You may have come from a church that does that. But as a nonprofit organization, we don't make revenue from other sources. You know, it's only through your gifts as prompted by the Holy Spirit. But as this verse says, God loves a cheerful giver. We need to do what the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do and uh, do it cheerfully, not reluctantly. Uh, we're, you know, we're not going to compel you to give. The practical side of giving is that the ministry of Lakeside costs money and the work of those we support around the world costs money. You know, that's just the reality of it, and that's the model churches use. The and so the spiritual side, though, of giving is what God wants us to learn, right? He has blessed us so much that we should give thanks for that. It's the, one of the oldest practices in, you know, forever, in history. You look in Genesis 4, you know, the very first family, the Cain and Abel. They gave a portion of their bounty to God. Abel had a good attitude about it. Cain didn't have a good attitude about it. And it didn't turn out very well for Cain. If you don't know that story, I encourage you to read that in Genesis 4. Um, but when we say, sometimes we'll use the phrase, we're going to give back to God. You know, especially if we're training young people about giving. He doesn't need the money. We need the discipline. We need to thank him for all his blessings. And then the practical side kicks in, and churches and ministries are funded. You know, giving is definitely about our attitude, not about the amount. If you see in uh, Luke 21, uh, the poor woman gives very little, which is a lot to her. But the rich man gives a lot, but so little to him. You know, it's really about their attitudes. Okay, one more spiritual discipline is uh, Bible study. And there are a few more, but we're just touching on these three today. And one of my favorite Bible stories is about the Bereans, right? We don't know a lot about them, but we know Paul and Silas visited them. Let's read Acts 17, 10 to 12. The brothers, these the ones in Thessalonica, uh, immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica, they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them, therefore, believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. So Paul and Silas, uh, you know, they go to Berea, escaping an increasingly dangerous situation in Thessalonica. I wonder if people back then, you know how we say in the D, you know, for Detroit, Thessalonica is such a mouthful. I mean, say, the day say in the tea, you know. Aye. But they find these folks studying the scriptures to see what Paul, if Paul was speaking the truth, right? And as a result, many people were saved. Now, Paul didn't say, hey, do you know who I am? I don't know why Paul has a New York accent. <laughs> I, I've seen Jesus. You should just believe what I was saying. Don't you trust me? You know, he, he didn't say anything like that. But he only points out the positive aspects of such a habit. 
a habit we should be exercising ourselves every day. And there's a zillion methods, you know, meaning you can read through the Bible in a year, or you can get in a Bible study online, or you could join a Bible study with real people, which is great. We have a discipleship uh, groups uh, here, too. So if you're interested in that, please uh, let us know. Uh, you know, the U version on your app, is a, on your phone, is a great place to read the Bible every day. For me, I happily started reading the Bible on a, on a daily basis when I was 13. You know, I was going to read the Bible, read all the way through the Bible. Well, it took me five years. <laughs> so it took me a while. But after that, I graduated to Daily Bread, which is, you know, a little daily Bible study, and then on to deeper things. You know, uh, you don't have to, you know, I started slowly, right, and, and worked my way up. You don't have to jump into the deep end of the pool to get going. The important part is we make it a daily habit, so much so that you feel like you have not done everything for the day if you have not spent time in prayer or Bible reading. And again, our, our teammate, the Holy Spirit, is always with us, giving, encouraging, helping. We're not on our own in these struggles. And we also have each other, right? The Bible encourages us to help each other in these things. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So reach out. Ask for help. That's part of the reason we always flash that responded LBC, lbchapel.org email. You know, we help each other. So let's go on to point two. Having a Jesus-influenced attitude and Holy Spirit-guided behavior. I've been around a lot of different people in my life, right? Some were sweet, kind, considerate, caring, loving people who are not believers, right? They don't have the love of Jesus in them. And as nice as they are, they still need Jesus. Just the other day, I had to call the customer service line for Huntington Bank. I know. We've all had those customer service experiences. Ugh. But on this day, I had the all-time best customer service representative. And since we're on the Internet, I'm going to say her name is Melinda Springer. She was helpful, kind, sweet, and totally knowledgeable. At the end of the call, I told her, Melinda, if every customer service representative was as kind and competent as you are, the world would be a better place. <laughs> she thanked me for the compliment and told me I had made her day. But as good as her attitude is, she still needs Jesus. So when we think about behaviors, it's, it's how we go about doing what we're doing, right? Let's look at James 1, 22 to 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." 
Jesus tells us we need to do what the word says, right? You know, he says, how crazy is it that, uh, you know, you look in a mirror and then forget what you look like, right? I said Jesus, I meant James, but Jesus too. But yes, we need to hear. We really, really need to go, do, move. It's the theme of the uh, summer activity for the kids. These verses can be applied to so many aspects of our Christian life. But this morning, I just want to touch on a few that are behavioral in nature. All right? We do a lot of things well at Lakeside. I want to encourage you in that. We do. Many people say we're very friendly when they walk in the door and visit, and, and that's good. I've also witnessed many folks here helping other family members, Lakeside family members, when in need. Right? And that's good. One thing, however, I don't think we do as well is getting to know new people. Because if you're an outgoing person and you come to Lakeside and you want to make this church your home, well, you just dive in and make it happen, right? On the other hand, if you're less outgoing and less likely uh, to reach out yourself, it is more difficult to get to know people here. It is. And that's on us. Those have been here a while. Those of us who have been here, that really is on us. So, Ken, why don't you stand up? I enlisted Ken Kelly to help me out with this. All right? Does everybody know Ken? Yeah, so no. He's actually was on stage this morning. He and his lovely wife, Carla, they've been coming here to Lakeside for over a year and decided to make Lakeside their church home. Yay! Glad, glad about that. They were in our life group this past year. And I have to tell you, Ken loves jokes and silly things, so I know he'd be up for this. Carl, you can stand up too. I just didn't want to force you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of the service today, if you don't know Ken and Carla, go over and introduce yourselves to them. No, no. I mean, really, everyone who does not know them immediately after the service, go over and introduce yourselves to them. All right, you got that? Okay, thank you, Ken and Carla. Remember to do that. You're going to forget between now and noon, but go introduce yourselves to them. But that really goes for everyone you don't know, right? This is not some junior high school dance where people line the walls and afraid to go over and talk to someone. Get yourself over on the other side of the aisle. Introduce yourself. And I'm, I am mostly getting after the folks who've been here a long time, but... Come on now. You know, if I hear one more time someone say, oh, I don't know who that is, I'm going to walk you over to them and introduce you. <laughs> we had such a nice time at Backyard Barbecue on Friday night. And uh, even if you didn't sign up, you might get invited anyway. So I'm hope hopefully those calls are happening. Uh, those are times it's a great way to get to know people. And please, please, this fall, join a life group. That connection is so very valuable to the health of our church and also spiritual health as individuals. You know, we emphasize those things in our connect sector of our life at Lakeside model. We really can't work with the attitude that if you, you know, if someone doesn't come to introduce themselves to you, you're not going to introduce yourselves to them. That, that doesn't work. But that's where the Holy Spirit, our teammate, comes alongside of us and urges us, go over there, get to know that person. He says, come on, get in the game. 
So another one, another behavioral one. It's a, it's a hard one. It's forgiveness. And I mean forgiveness of each other, right? It's really a two-way street, right? One person has to have injured another person, and, you know, and the other person forgets. It takes two people, right? And I'm no different than everybody else, right? I, I, I'd rather deal with my struggles on my own, right? But forgiveness requires both sides to be engaged. It requires that we humble ourselves, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, God in Christ forgave you. That is really, that's a deep verse if you really think about it. Jesus forgave all of us. We need to forgive others. And I hate to use a trite phrase, but it actually fits here to say, pay it forward. You know, we, we, Jesus forgave us, we need to forgive others. And, of course, there are situations where someone, you might forgive another person in, in your heart or without the offender really knowing or, or acknowledging that forgiveness. But it's not a thing just between us and God. It always includes someone else. Here's the best skill to learn about forgiveness. I wonder if you can guess. Be the first one. Yep, be the one who says sorry if you are the offender. Be the one that says, I forgive you if you are offended. Don't wait for the other person. Act in a way that you know Jesus would want us to act. And here again, we do this with the help of the Holy Spirit, helping us know when to do it. We need to trust him that it's the right thing. Be kind. Forgive just in the way God has forgiven us. Be tenderhearted. This is the opposite of hard-hearted. I'm, you know, when put together a message like this, you struggle sometimes with what to say, and I'm just going to say this one. I got to tell a story of my mom, and she'd be fine with it if she knew it helped someone, and she's with Jesus now, so I don't think she'll mind. Um, soon after my brother married in 1981, his wife did something that made my mom so mad and hurt her so deep, like we had never seen her this mad before. It was scary. And she never forgave her daughter-in-law. Never. My mom passed in 2021. That was 40 years. That hardness not only affected her relationship with her uh, daughter-in-law, but, of course, her son and, and granddaughters and, and great-grandkids a negative impact that was not forgiven or cleared up that she took to her grave. Yes, it's sad. It's super sad when I think about it. Don't. Don't let that happen to you. Admit you were wrong and ask forgiveness. You may have to swallow your pride, but it'll be worth it. Reach out and forgive someone if they hurt you. You may still need time to heal, but forgiveness... Uh, you know, will get you a long way to that end. So but to back that up, let's look at Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. If someone offended you, they may not even know it. Have the right attitude and kindly and calmly approach them and let them know they hurt you. They may be surprised. They may disagree. 
but they may thank you for coming to them and making it known. It's better to talk about it than let it fester and have you mad at that person and hurt your relationship with them. A while back, I was right here making announcements. I announced a planning meeting for men's ministries, and I made a very offending joke without knowing it. And uh, I norm that's how I normally offend people, when I'm trying to be funny or clever, of which I'm neither. <laughs> but in this case, I told the men if they come to the planning meeting, they wouldn't be pressured into anything like some Amway meeting. <laughs> funny, huh? Yeah. Some of you know Vince Kubert. He caught me after the service, and he was visibly upset that I had disparaged Amway. He and his wife, Wendy, met and came to Christ through those connections. So I, my comment was insulting and diminishing something that had brought such happiness and light to their lives. Of course, I had no idea because I hadn't got to know them, see the point about friendliness. <laughs> and I immediately apologized and thanked him for bringing it to my attention. The Holy Spirit was definitely guiding my response, though, you know, but I didn't push back. I didn't tell him it was just a joke or you shouldn't take it so seriously or whatever, whatever. I wanted to clear things up right away. I was in the wrong and I needed to ask forgiveness so our relationship wouldn't be tainted. So the third thing under that we need to constantly practice and review about our attitudes and, under, and behavior is understanding. This is a very wide net. Right? And, I, and I think in the sense we're talking about it this morning, it means uh, the opposite of being judgmental or losing our temper. And fortunately, because we need understanding, we have this promise from God as Jesus continued his upper room conversation with his disciples. He says, John 16, 13a, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all the truth. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit's work here because it is so critical. We need to try to understand each other before we get upset. We've all done it, some more than others. I've struggled with temper issues in the past. I've had to learn to count to 10, take a breath, breathe a prayer before I lose my marbles. All right? Look at, Psalm, look at the Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. In Proverbs 17, 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. See, even in the Bible, cool is a good thing. Hold your tongue. Be cool. Get some understanding. And I'm sure all of us have stepped into the middle of a conversation, overheard a part, you know, that made us very unhappy or insulted us in some way. It happens. We have to stop and get understanding before we make that judgment or get upset or worse, share some partial bit of information that we heard, you know, with somebody else. We all experience this. The whole time, the Holy Spirit has come alongside us saying, extend grace, extend grace, extend grace. In his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, marketing... Uh, Guru Stephen Covey suggests that we should seek first to understand, then to be understood. That's not from the Bible, but that's some pretty good wisdom there. And uh, I heard a story one time. 
about uh, the New York subway and some folks were riding on the subway like they normally do. And another family was on there, a dad and a bunch of kids. The kids were being crazy. They were being wild, running up and down the aisles, disturbing people, wrestling with each other, jumping on the seats, and really disturbing this couple's subway ride and, and the others too. And uh, they're looking, and the dad was like doing nothing, right? He was just kind of sitting there, blank faced, not even paying attention to his kids who were disturbing everybody. They're thinking, what a terrible dad this person is. And, uh, you know, it got uh, so bad that the man of this couple said, Sir, your kids are disturbing everybody. They're out of control. Do something. And with that, the man looked up, kind of bleary-eyed, and said, Oh, I'm sorry. You see, my wife died this morning. I guess we don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if you saw that ending coming, but uh, we need to be understanding of one another. Let's show a bit of grace toward each other. And maybe the phrase should be extend grace first, then try to understand. Okay, those are just a few attitude and behavior things we need to work on with the Holy Spirit's help. Be friendly. Extend yourself. Let's forgive each other. Have some understanding before we jump to conclusions. He's constantly there to remind us of the correct action. We can rely on the Holy Spirit always give us the right advice, which is more than I can say for some of us. Remember the partnership. Remember the support and help uh, as the Spirit, Holy Spirit comes along us, alongside us. Okay, point three. It's very quick, though. And I'm sure you're thinking, what now? <laughs> Relax. It's all good. The last point is really just about encouraging each one of us to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ all the time. With fellow believers, non-believers, co-workers, strangers, online, please. First of all, fellow believers, uh, back to Ephesians 4, let's look at verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. I know we already talked about forgiveness, but you know how it goes hardest on the people we love most, including our church family. So when someone says, you know, something that you don't like or acts in a way that is really insulting, extend grace, extend love, put away bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. And the verse says we should also be tender-hearted one to another. Even if Rich Thurman parks his Corvette in your parking spot. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I usually get here early enough to park in the same spot, and he beat me to it one time. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> we don't have signed parking spots. There's like 200 to choose from. But if someone sits in your pew, we don't have assigned pews here. So if you get there first, it's yours. Let's be tenderhearted one toward another. And it actually sounds a little unmanly, you know, the word tenderhearted. It almost sounds like Care Bears, right? So if you'd rather say, give the guy a break, or be cool, it's all good, you know, whatever works for you, whatever you need to manifest tenderheartedness. And brothers and sisters, I'll tell you what, other people pick up on how we treat each other. Guests, non-believers, they watch how we treat each other, and that greatly influences how they think about Lakeside, and more importantly, how they think about our Lord. So we want to show everyone that we love each other. 
And yes, this is, falls into our show sector of our life at Lakeside Model. John 13, 35 to 35, uh, 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let's use me as an example. I need to love y'all. And some are easier to love than others, right? Let's be real. <laughs> but there's no way I can do this without the help of the Holy Spirit, right? I don't have it in me naturally because naturally I'm a selfish sinner. I can only do this supernaturally because I've, been given, I've given my life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit resides inside me. On the other hand, you should all love me. I know this is not an easy task. Just ask my wife or the other pastor elders. Sometimes I'm pushy and loud and inconsiderate and a bit of a blabbermouth. Just ask the Lickie boys. I greet them with a punch or a smack in the head so much so they like flinch when they see me coming. I know I'm a bit to take. But the Holy Spirit can give you the patience and tenderheartedness to love even me. I'll extend grace. You extend grace. It's a beautiful thing. Non-believers or unbelievers or pre-believers, whichever term we use, if you have not turned your life over to Jesus yet, we don't mean to categorize you, but you're still on your faith journey and you have not arrived at that decision for Christ yet. I encourage you to consider that the Bible says we are all sinners and cannot save ourselves from an eternity away from God. It also said God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to come and die in our place. But each of us must come to that day, that moment, when we say, yes, I believe the Bible and believe what Jesus did for me, and I give my life over to Jesus. Believers, members of God's family, we need to love these folks too. And brothers and sisters, some people make it really hard. They re we really need to rely on the Holy Spirit here because we do fail often on our own. We need to love those in disagreement with us politically and socially and those who like Ohio State. <laughs> That's the hardest one. We need to love annoying family members and those who watch CNN and too much Fox. Let's remember, we cannot expect those folks who don't know Jesus to act in ways that we know are right according to the word of God. We can't expect that. We need to show folks love so they know, they know that Jesus loves them. And I will say it's not a choice. Believers, listen to me. God is serious about this. Here's what 1 John 4, 8 says. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. If we claim to be a believer, we must love others. If we don't, we might not be a member of the family of God. It's a non-negotiable. We must show love to others. Loving others is the way we will let other people know that Jesus can change their lives. Now, there's an old song that says, they will know we are Christians by our love. And that's a good goal for all of us and, and how we can help people find Jesus. It's not about being right or proving somebody wrong. It's, it's about loving them right where they are just the way Jesus did for us. 
And as much as the Holy Spirit does for us, I think a major reason God sent the Holy Spirit is to help us love others. We need that partnership. We need that helper. We need that teammate that is the Holy Spirit to help us with spiritual disciplines, to help us with our attitudes and behaviors, and to help us share the love of Jesus, work with the Holy Spirit. God gave us uh, the Holy Spirit for a reason. Let's pray this morning. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. Because we need help. We, we love you, Lord, but we need guidance and we need help. We thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to help us with that. I pray that we wouldn't resist. I pray we work with our teammate, the Holy Spirit, to help us in all these things. We thank you that we can be here today. We thank you that uh, we have this body of believers, this family that we can, uh, we can love and that we can help and we can fellowship with. We thank you so much for Jesus who died for us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.